Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. Before we get started today, I need to say thanks to all the people in St. Clair Shores who came out last night at the St. Clair Shores Public Library to continue our WDET Summer Book Club discussion about Dr. Mona Hanna-Atisha's book, What the Eyes Don't See, which is about the Flint water crisis. We had a really wonderful conversation with the people of St. Clair Shores, with Nancy Kaffer of the Detroit Free Press, uh, with Elen Batanzo, who is a former EPA worker, who was the person who alerted Dr. Mona to the existence of the Flint water crisis, and with uh, David Fisher, who works for uh, State Senator Pete Lucido. Lucido. He is the district manager there in District 8 in Macomb County. County. He had really uh, great information about how we're dealing with water issues in St. Clair Shores and Macomb County. It was a really great conversation. I'm really grateful to the people who uh, showed up. Uh, if you had to miss last night's event, though, you can still be a part of the WDET Book Club. Our next conversation is going to be August 5th uh, in Ann Arbor at the Ann Arbor District Public District Library. Uh, we will also be in Ferndale on August 22nd. Uh, to talk more about it. And our grand finale event uh, will take place September 10th at the Detroit Public Library, and Dr. Mona will join us for that conversation. Uh, also, you can always participate in the book club through this wonderful Facebook group that we have started uh, about uh, what the eyes don't see and uh, water issues and environmental issues. A lot of people are there already chattering about that. You can join them. Uh, just look for the WDET Book Club on Facebook and join. Uh, so thanks again to everybody in St. Clair Shores, and we look forward to folks in Ann Arbor and Ferndale and Detroit. Up first today, we want to talk more about voting rights here in Michigan and around the country. Uh, the ACLU of Michigan has been hosting a three-part online training series this month that is wrapping up tomorrow. The aim is to provide Michiganders with an update on the new voting rights that citizens secured for themselves in 2018 and how to partner with local election officials to increase access to the ballot. Here to tell us more is the ACLU of Michigan's voting rights strategist, Sharon Dolente. Sharon, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, I I think uh, Prop 3, which uh, expanded voting rights statewide, which passed very easily uh, last fall, still has a lot of gaps, I think, in in some people's minds about what it did and how they exercise these new rights. Uh, Remind us what that proposition did and uh, tell us what you guys are doing to make sure that everybody understands how it works. Yeah, so I think you're absolutely right. We, we changed the rules in 2018 by passing Proposal 3, but changing the rules is not enough. People need to understand those rules if they're actually going to be able to utilize them uh, to participate at greater rates in our democracy. So um, what happened last year through Proposal 3 was that the citizens of Michigan adopted a, a number of additional voting rights for themselves. Um, they they took that step and it will create a voting system that works for all in our state and as the secretary of state has said repeatedly it will move michigan from sort of being in the in the bottom of the states in terms of access to really being very much at the top 
I think the two key things that were uh, most instrumental in Proposal 3 and that most impact the public um, and voters is the fact that you can now register at any time. So what does that mean? That means that there is a method for citizens to register at, at register to vote at any time up until 8 p.m. on Election Day. It's actually perfect that you're having me in today because we have a primary coming uh, in just a short, short time mm -hmm. on August 6th. Some voters, not every voter in the state, has an election on August 6th, but some do. And today is the critical day in which citizens, if they want to register for this August 6th election between now and 8 p.m. on Election Day, they need to use these new provisions under register anytime. And what they need to do is really simple. They need to go into their city or township clerk's office where they reside and wish to register, and they need to provide proof of residency. So, um, so it's perfect that we're talking today. Today is the beginning of this period, mm -hmm. and again, it will extend through 8 p.m. Um, on Election Day. Mm -hmm. And let me just mention the second major change, I think, for voters, which is simpler for, to explain, is that every registered voter in the state now has a right to get an absentee ballot, and they can choose whether to do that in person, again, by going into their city or township clerk's office, or they can do it conveniently all through the mail. Yeah. So... so Talk about the practical end of those two changes. That's what you guys are focused on, making sure uh, people know uh, what to do. Uh, tell us what you guys have been up to this month. Yeah, so, so stepping back, uh, the ACLU of Michigan was the first entity to create a comprehensive voting guide since the passage of Proposal 3. So the ACLU has a long, of Michigan has a long history of protecting people's voting rights and you know, making sure that people can fully exercise their voice on Election Day. But with all these changes, we needed to put out a guide to voting rights sooner, frankly, than we normally do it. We normally do it as big elections arrive. But we actually had an election, some citizens in the state had an election in May. So we got that uh, voting rights guide out earlier this year. It's on our website, and people can find it. And it it is, I describe it as the encyclopedia. It asks, asks and answers sort of every question that you might have. Mm. But in addition, what we've been doing, um, and as you mentioned, uh, we've done this three-part webinar series. And the first part was to give folks an update for citizens who um, were with uh, members of the ACLU, but we've also been partnering with Voters Not Politicians, the League of Women Voters, and the Campus Voter Project. So people who want to know what, where, is, where are we at the impl in the implementation of all these new rights, we provided that update. But then the second was about um, how do you engage with your local election official? Because those local and city and township clerks that I mentioned, they actually are the number one most impactful election official in the voting experience. As you know, as a voter, you know, you go into, if you go into a polling location, the Secretary of State doesn't manage that polling location. It's your local, local city and township clerk that mm -hmm, does. Mm -hmm. So the second webinar was about expanding that relationship and being able to um, you know, encourage local officials to make different um, adaptations or changes that they may, may need, given all these changes to voting that are, are now accessible for folks. And then the final we're doing tomorrow night um, is how to build your team, how to build your team around engaging your local official and around increasing turnout in your community. Yeah. Um, we've seen some of these provisions executed a, a little bit this, this spring. Uh, tell us how you think the state's doing in making sure that this works and how 
uh, knowledgeable voters seem to be about uh, what's different and what they can do because things are different. Yeah, so I, uh, the, the Secretary of State's team really started as soon as they came on board, and, and to some degree, a lot of this uh, implementation does begin there because sometimes they have to change technology, they have to change practices, and then they have to um, start doing training statewide of those local election officials I mentioned. And so they have been working really hard, um, and they got all those things in place for that May election. But it continues to be a process. Michigan has more than 1,500 city and township clerks that implement our elections. So that's a lot of folks to train. Mm -hmm. Not all of them had a May election. Some will have in August. Some will have November. Us in Detroit, we don't have one until um, next year. So there's there's an ongoing process of educating um, folks. I think as someone who's been doing voting rights for 15 years, it is a little bit of a challenge, right, to, to roll out these changes and make sure that everybody understands them. I can tell you that on election days in years past, when we hadn't changed our rules for decades, people had a lot of questions, and there was misinformation. Um, some of the areas that didn't change last year but that people don't always know is that you do not need a photo ID to vote in this state. At no point in the process, and Prop 3 didn't change this, are you required to provide a photo ID in order to register or vote? That's a hard stop. It hasn't changed, but it's very difficult to get that information out. The second one that, um, again, didn't change, but it's very difficult to get the information out, is that returning citizens, so individuals who have some sort of conviction on their record, they can fully register and participate once they are out um, and have served their sentence. Another issue that didn't change, but we still have a challenge getting the education um, and empowerment out there. So we're going to be doing more this year than we've ever done before in light of the need to deal with misinformation from the past and all these new opportunities that voters have. Yeah, uh, that, that voting rights for returning citizens is a huge thing, and it's different than it is in many other states. I mean, there are some states where you can't vote if you have a felony conviction or you have to appeal to get that right back. Um, uh, Michigan is is a state where that's not true. And I always worry that not everybody really knows that. Yeah, we did some um, town hall events last year, and that was a question that came up again and again. And it really, um, again, the ACLU has long educated on that issue, but we're not doing enough and we need to do more. And so we have some really exciting collaborations um, I think a lot of this work and, and this um, big challenge of this public education campaign is going to be done by partnerships. So the ACLU working in partnership with other organizations and individuals, because every organization and every individual has networks and um, you know, family members and civic relationships and neighborhoods, and those are the way in which you get this information out because those are trusted messengers, right? You learning about the fact that as a returning citizen you might be able to vote from someone you trust, whether that's a family member, someone in your faith community, or someone in your neighborhood, is a better way to, to relay this information than a single organization trying to educate everybody in the state. So we really think it's going to be in the partnerships and going deep into communities and, and personal networks mm -hmm. where this information gets out. I also am curious what else you think should be on the agenda to change uh, in terms of the law here in Michigan to further expand access to the ballot. Are we, are we still behind other states who are, who are taking steps that we ought to emulate? I think the 
piece that will likely come next in Michigan, and it will come both because it provides greater access and because it is more efficient, is what's called um, vote at home. So right now in Michigan, you need to apply for an application for an absentee ballot. And then you need, if you want to vote from home, you have to take a two-step process. You have to apply via the application, and then you have to um, fill out and get that ballot back. And a number of states have moved towards a system in which you, you make that just one step. And election officials mail out a registered ballot, uh, sorry, a, a ballot to all registered voters. Mm -hmm. and, and it makes a two-part process into a one-step process. I think that um, for practical reasons, you're going to see more and more interest in that. And why do I say that? Well, we're going to have record turnout in 2020. You can bank on it. I don't see any, <laughs> any uh, lower level of intensity than I did last year. And, and I think it's very likely that you're going to see 50% of the voters in 2020 vote by absentee ballot. When you start having that much of the voting process happening through this, this process of not going to a polling location, you're going to be looking for ways to, to streamline that. And so making a two-step process where election officials have to check the application, check that in, mail it, you know, a postage, all these steps. Sure. Um, if, you can, if you can collapse that, as some states have successfully done, into a single process, I think folks are going to find that, both mm -hmm. the voters and the election officials, much more effective. Yeah. Okay, Sharon Delenti, uh, voter rights strategist at the ACLU of Michigan. It was really great to have you here to explain all this to uh, to our listeners. Uh, where can people uh, continue to, to engage on, on this question? Uh, you guys were doing this this month. Is this going to continue up uh, in, until the primary? Yeah, so one of, the, one of the things we're doing is we're putting all of our resources in terms of trainings and Know Your Rights Guide in one place on our website. You can visit our website at um, ACLUMICH, that's M-I-C-H dot org. And under the Know Your Rights section, there's a special voting page. And so whether we're doing subsequent trainings or we release additional guides or, you know, graphics or things that people could print out and share in their community organizations, that will all be there. And I guess the other thing is I just want folks to know that if they have any voting problems or you know, issues as they're trying to utilize these new rights, they should definitely call us. Our number is 313-578-6800, and that information is also on our website. Okay, that's excellent. And thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. Okay, up next, we're going to talk with an author of a book that takes a look at the crisis of voter suppression here in the United States. Stay with us on Detroit Today. <laughs> 